sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back. This is Hour 2 of Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. I am Craig Mish. He is Joe Pizzapia. You can follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizzapia17. Make sure you go over to our website, which is SportsGrid.com, for all of the wonderful programming we have here. We're a 24-hour fantasy gambling sports information channel here, and so any kind of edge that you would need, especially over at our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook, this is definitely the place that you want to be. We're going to get into a little NBA this hour. We'll also look at the games on the Major League Baseball slate. There have been two postponed games today. A second game postponed between Miami and Baltimore in Miami. Uh, Also a second postponed game between the Yankees and Philadelphia Phillies in Philadelphia. So uh, two less games on the slate that we will review. We'll also get into the top stories in baseball, which would include a former uh, excellent pitcher on the Atlanta Braves being designated for assignment, so he'll have a new home soon. And, of course, some of the big bats that were busted out yesterday and potentially some that could tonight. But, Joe, we start off uh, with our top story again of the day, which is the Miami Marlins having four more players testing positive for COVID-19. I am reporting that it is unlikely that they will play their next two games in Baltimore, which would be a complete wipeout of four games of their season, Monday and Tuesday in Miami, Wednesday and Thursday in Baltimore. The Athletic reported just a few uh, minutes ago that the Washington Nationals took a team vote and decided that they don't want to play in Miami this weekend, which lends the question what the future is uh, for the Marlins in 2020. And what baseball will even look like this weekend, where they could potentially be headed. Will Miami head to Washington to play three games this weekend? Will they not have any games at all? And how Major League Baseball may have to immediately decide that wins and losses in 2020 do not get you to the postseason. The percentages and win percentages of your teams do. That is something that may have to be on the table. But, Joe, it is great to see you and talk to you. And there's uh, that's kind of where we're going to start this hour again. Take a deep breath, Craig. Take a deep breath. There's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack, my friend. Uh, Yeah, and uh, the Nationals are not wrong for uh, doing what they've done here. And uh, certainly it seems like Major League Baseball is going to have to continue to get creative. And I think this is part of the reason why you see so many playoff teams. I think an expanded playoff format, number one, was good for Major League Baseball anyway. But under the circumstances, at least you're basically saying, all right, look, at a certain point, you know, basically half the league you're in, the other half you're out. And I think even before the season started, we have a pretty good idea who the teams that were out already. And uh, it doesn't make it any easier for the Marlins right now. That's certainly true. Uh, One can only hope that as the week goes on, perhaps they can go to Washington and start to play again with whatever taxi squad remains, whatever healthy players remain. And it's going to be a difficult 10 to 14 day period for those guys. Um, There's no doubt about that. uh, But it's also... Again, a portion of the season as of right now, not the entire season. So if they can get those guys back eventually in the next few weeks, uh, you know, the rash of injuries is one thing. A rash of COVID is another. And when you're losing two or three players, oh, it's bad luck. But when you're losing 14, that's a whole different universe in terms of what the makeup of a Major League Baseball team is. So certainly a lot to unpack here. But there was also some baseball played last night. And uh, maybe we'll get to talk about that today a little bit, too. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting that. 
you know, the statement that you made yesterday uh, on the show is actually the question that I think that I've gotten most in the thousands of things that I've done in the last two days. It's, it's really getting up to that, which is, again, what would have happened if it was another player? And so it's hard for me to translate and probably unfair for me to translate the Major League talent on the Marlins to the Major League talent on the Yankees or the Astros or the Dodgers. But to be clear, this is the equivalent, more or less, if I can you know, dance a little bit here. This is, and I mean, give me the team, Joe, that, that we would be referring to. I mean, throw out a team name. Just give me, give me one team. Give me any. Go ahead. What uh, a team, what for any team in major league. Give me, give me a team that, that, that to compare to the, give me a team to compare to any team in baseball. Pick uh, okay. one, pick one. And I'm San Diego Padres. No, give me a good, really good team, please. Okay. Uh, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dodgers. Okay. So this is the equivalent of, let's say hypothetically, um, let's use some guys here. Uh, uh, Walker Bueller. You lose Walker Bueller. <laughs> right. You lose uh, Max Muncy and Corey Seager. Mm-hmm. Um, you lose Jock Peterson. You lose Joe Kelly. Um, you lose uh, Will Smith. Welcome to our radio listeners as well. So you see where I'm at here? Like, you see what I've given you? Like, I've given you five really good players, right? And and just because Absolutely. the names on that team of Los Angeles are bigger and better than Miami, it doesn't mean that those players on Miami are less integral to their success. And so when the commissioner not. and so when the commissioner last night came on television and said that he's not going to pause a, a, a team or nothing's going to happen unless he feels like the team can't uh, be competitive, well... What would have happened if all of those Dodgers, Joe, that I just mentioned went out? Wouldn't we be looking at it like, oh, there's no way the Dodgers should have to play. They lost all their best players, and it's just... And so but there's, there's also definitely a attached to all this that, that the game that got canceled also happened to be a game between the Orioles and the Miami Marlins. And no matter what you want to think about that, the perspective is there that this was the bottom game on the slate. And, and maybe that's unfair, but it's the perception. And I think that's the way Major League Baseball is looking at it, too. It's like, whew, maybe we dodged a bullet here. It's only the Marlins, which is a terrible thing to think and say. But I feel like it's kind of being unsaid right now. And I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but it certainly feels that way a little bit. It's, it's, it, I don't think it's hot at all. I think it's, it's obvious at this point because you have a team that's not expected to win the World Series and – and there is a double standard. I feel like I feel if it's I feel it's different. I mean, what hap- What would have happened if the Yankees lost Garrett Cole? Not not over the course of the season, like today. Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres. <laughs> We'd have a, a different lot. conversation. We'll be right back on Fantasy Sports today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All 
All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. I am Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you back here on the show. We'll have an update coming up here uh, in about 10 minutes uh, from Dan Strafford. Uh, we're also going to go over some of the marquee games of the day. Uh, I've stated before, I'll state it again here for those of you who uh, are wondering, you know, sort of how I'm covering uh, this this uh, COVID story and, and also in terms of the players who test positive. Uh, it is my opinion the, and and it's not shared by everybody, you know, certainly because people are reporting players that uh, have tested positive or not. But because of me covering the Marlins directly, uh, I have basically taken the stance of I am not going to out a player that has tested positive without them giving me their uh, consent for that just because of the CDC regulations and the rules that are uh, around HIPAA and everything else. There are some reporters that are choosing to do it, for better or worse. That's completely up to them. So that being said, uh, John Heyman of MLB Network reports that Miguel Rojas of the Marlins has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, clearly, this is something, unfortunately, that I knew also. But as I said, I am sorry. This is one of those things that uh, I personally uh, will not report. But this report is coming from somebody else um, that is a very well-respected reporter in Major League Baseball and Joe, the team leader of the Miami Marlins as well. Yeah, uh, I think it might be easier at this point to tell us the people who have not tested positive on the Marlins. It might be an easier yeah. show for you and for everyone else. Uh, but look, you, you, I think you're taking the the high road, the right road, and also kind of the ethical one here. If the player wants to come out and say it, then let the player come out and say it. And otherwise, uh, look, it, it's always going to break these kind of news stories always end up finding their way sure. into the public domain and now that it is public domain i think it is fair to then discuss it because once it's public knowledge and it's been out there then it's out there and uh, this is one of many names that i'm sure are going to now filter in through the next few hours here so stay tuned to sports grid and you'll have more of an update as sure. more of this information kind of leaks out throughout the day yeah and if anybody was to tell me that i would be allowed to say it uh, then i certainly would this would be the sports grid would be the first place that i would do it but uh, it's just the road that I've taken this season. And by the way, no indictment at all on John Heyman, who is a friend of mine who lives about 20 minutes away from me, who I know very well. Uh, you know, certainly it's he's choosing to do it. Um, and I just am not. And I don't think it, it makes anybody better or worse. This is just my uh, sole opinion on on covering it in 2020. OK, so now let's get to the games that are hypothetically on for tonight. Uh, Joe, let's talk about 640 Easter and the Atlanta Braves take on the Tampa Bay Rays. Two really good teams, two teams that I would say in a 16-team postseason we'll probably see both of them in would be a guess. The total is nine in this game, and the Rays are a slight favorite, minus 128. In baseball these days, that is a slight favorite. A lot of these are 140, 150. Uh, Kyle Wright will start for the Braves. He was definitely inconsistent. That would be the nice way to say it in 2019. And Yanni <laughs> Torino has all the talent in the world. There's no doubt about that. But there is no way in any scenario DFS standard season-long that I would count on a raised pitcher throwing five innings in a game, Joe. So I think it's either, you know, from a fantasy perspective or DFS is right or nothing. And then, um, you know, from a game perspective, man, it is hard to go against the Rays right now. They look, they look really tough to beat. They do, and I don't think right is the right answer in DFS tonight either. Uh, and uh, I will say this. There are a couple bats here that are worth noting on the FanDuel side. Uh, Satsugo over on the race side is just 2.8. Uh, 
Uh, also, Austin Riley is just 2.3, uh, and Ender Enciarte just 2.2. So there's a lot of guys here that you can use as lineup builders on FanDuel tonight if you do want to go up to cash game ownership percentages of, let's say, Walker Bueller, because there's also not a lot of great pitchers on this late tonight. You're getting a lot of the number fives. So taking that into account, you want to go up to the top of the board for a pitcher, then this is how you do it. You start finding some of these names that are under 3K, that are in good spots in the lineup or have potential to go yard, and I think that's what you're looking for here in this game. Uh, that total, mm-hmm. I believe you said, was nine for this game, too, of the graphic that I saw correctly. And um, yeah. that's one to really consider if you want to go over, because some of these games lately, when you're getting into these bullpens, it's definitely on the table, I think, tonight. I think I like the over more than I like potentially either one of these teams picking out right because I feel like you're throwing darts right now, Craig. That's kind of what it feels like when you're looking at some of these games. And uh, last question to you, too. Now with the news of Fulton Evich, do you think this is an opportunity for Ian Anderson to come into this rotation sooner than later as well? I, I would think this year. I know that there's still service time issues involved uh, that are a few days away, and I think that at some point we'll see him. Yeah, I do. I think yeah, that, and just days should, now. Right now it's just days we're talking about. Yeah. What's amazing, Joe, is that if we were doing the show a year ago, we would say the Braves are so well positioned for the future with their amazing starting pitching. And they added Cole Hamels to that. And now it's like, wow, what in the world happened to the Braves with all these young pitchers and everybody that they had? They've gone the other way. All right, uh, let's go to 8-10. That's funny because, I'm sorry, real real quick, my whole take on the Braves this year was that, and I said it yesterday too, not getting Bumgarner last year, not getting that that guy at the top. This is is the downside of not doing that. You're relying on a lot of young kids to kind of come through and be good right away or sustain any success they had. And that is really tricky, I think, year to year to look at, especially guys like Soroku. Don't put guys away who are just really good pitchers. But look, Fulton Evich is another one, too, that was dicey coming into the year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to look at it now, and, and Hamels looks like, unfortunately, one of the worst signs the Braves have had in the last few years. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to throw a pitch for them this year, which is really unfortunate, but oh. you're right. I mean, Bumgarner, uh, Keichel, they went after both of those guys. They didn't get either. Uh, after the season, of course, Keiko pitched with them last year. They chose to let him go. Looks like a mistake. All right, 810 Eastern, Cardinals and Twins, two good teams playing tonight. This should be a fun one. Twins are must-see TV right now with the runs they're scoring. They're minus 138 at home. Here is the total, 10.5 in this one tonight, too. So a lot of runs being expected. Carlos Martinez will make the start for the Cardinals. This is where he wants to be. He wants to start. He will tonight. And the ageless Homer Bailey is starting for the Minnesota Twins. And uh, Bailey, there's no two ways about it, Joe. He's going to either pitch great tonight or he's going to get bombed. I don't think you're going to see somewhere halfway between this guy. You know who he is. Yeah, we certainly do. He also is very hittable against righties, which means uh, look at guys like Goldschmidt. Look at guys DeYoung tonight on FanDuel. Uh, DeYoung is actually quite cheap. He's 3.1. Goldschmidt just 3.7. So looking for those guys. And if you were looking for a contrarian pitching play tonight, it's certainly Martinez because Martinez has a lot of talent. He can go out there and throw a gem. We all know that. And the, the Twins offense, I'm sure, is scaring off a lot of ownership percentage and shares of Carlos Martinez tonight. So if you're looking to differentiate a little bit in, again, multi-entry, it's not a single tournament play. It's a multi-entry play only. Having a share of Carlos Martinez against the Twins would certainly separate you. And the possibility is there that the Cardinals show up, have a good game. Martinez pitches well, gets to the fifth inning, gets a W. That is not an impossible scenario, especially when you consider the guy on the other side is Homer Bailey. And Homer Bailey has been known for a fair amount of implosions on his own. All right, let's go to one of the evening games and I think the marquee game of the day, Joe, I would guess at this point. Uh, Dodgers and Houston Astros, although... 
uh, the FanDuel line would not indicate this being a great game because the Dodgers are a pretty significant favorite. They're minus 142. Houston has come out very hot to start the season. That should be no surprise to anybody. They're a great team. Uh, their total is nine. We're going to get to see Walker Bueller tonight. He's also must-see TV. Framber Valdez is locked and loaded in this Houston rotation. They have run out of pitchers. So Valdez, Joe, is going to be a part of this thing. But when baseball comes back and the fun and the excitement and seeing great teams play, this is a game you circle on the schedule and say, yeah, like this, this is what I want to see tonight, and this will be the game that I'm watching. And the Astros' bullpen's in a bad spot right now. Presley dealing with an elbow issue, which we really didn't discuss today much. We didn't get to it. And then Ozuna also uh, not right. So, look, uh, this is a tough one here. I think Walker is going to go in there and shut down this offense, uh, which is a very formidable one, too. And if you're looking for some pieces, some right-handed bats on the fan duel side of things, you've got Kiki Hernandez at 2.9. You've also got If Chris Taylor's in the lineup at 2.5. Those are more lineup builders. If you want to go up there, stack a little righties, go with Walker Bueller in this game and just stay within this game. I think there's real potential to do that as well. Bueller is the only marquee pitcher on this slate tonight. And uh, looking at this, I, I might even tend towards the under in this game, potentially. Uh, I don't think Walker Bueller is going to give up a whole lot of runs, and I would expect him to go into the sixth inning tonight, if not better. All right. So that's the marquee games of the night. As we mentioned, two games postponed already, Marlins and Orioles. And, of course, the Yankees and Phillies postpone. The Phillies tomorrow will wait to see if they get their test results back, and they do, and they look good. Then I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to bus it from Philadelphia. I don't even know. Is that possible? They bus it from Philadelphia to the Bronx? Can they do that? Of course you can. There's actually a bus that takes you right in Center City, Philadelphia, right to New York. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so there you go. So that's what the Phillies will do tomorrow, and they'll uh, they'll show up for the games this weekend if everything goes well. Okay, uh, we're going to have the update with Dan Strafford coming up here at the top of the hour, and I uh, want to thank Adam Ronis for uh, coming back on the show today because of all the breaking news. We couldn't have him on yesterday, but the NBA is starting up again on Thursday. we got Jazz, Pelicans, and Lakers Clippers to discuss. We'll do that next right here on Sports Grid, right here on Fantasy Sports Today, so don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Athletic is reporting four more members of the Miami Marlins have tested positive for the coronavirus after the latest round of testing. ESPN has confirmed as well. The Marlins have now had 17 people test positive in the past five days. On Monday, the total of confirmed cases stood at 11 players and two coaches. On Monday, Commissioner Rob Manfred had said he believes MLB's health protocols are working despite the outbreak. He was quoted as saying, quote, we built protocols anticipating that we would have positive tests at some point during the season. The protocols were built to allow us to play through these positives. We believe these protocols are adequate to keep our players safe. Their outbreak continued to disrupt Major League Baseball's schedule Tuesday, though, the sixth day of the pandemic-delayed season. The Marlins' home game against Baltimore was postponed. Monday's game between the Marlins and Orioles was also called off, as was New York Yankees' series opener Monday and Tuesday's game at Philadelphia, where New York would have been in the same clubhouse the Marlins had just used. Joel Sherman of the New York Post reports that there have been no new positive COVID-19 cases with the Philadelphia Phillies in the wake of the Marlins outbreak. That's as of Tuesday morning. 
In the NFL, Bears defensive tackle Eddie Goldman has opted out of the 2020 season due to the coronavirus pandemic. Per NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the move is, quote, due to health reasons. New England Patriots linebacker Dante Hightower is opting out of the 2020 season. League sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter on Tuesday. Running back Brandon Bolden also is planning to opt out for the 2020 season. Starting offensive tackle Marcus Cannon, fullback Danny Vitale, and reserve offensive lineman Najee Torin earlier decided to opt out for the Pats. Hightower is 30 years old and became a first-time father on July 16th. San Francisco 49ers running back Raheem Monster has finalized a contract restructuring with the team, as agent announced on Monday. The NFL is temporarily replacing New York Giants cornerback DeAndre Baker and Seattle Seahawks cornerback Quinton Dunbar on the commissioner's exempt list with criminal charges pending. Baker was told to stay away from virtual meetings this spring after police in Florida arrested him on four counts of armed robbery and four counts of aggravated assault with a firearm. Dunbar faces four counts of armed robbery. Washington placed quarterback Alex Smith on the physically unable to perform list after conducting physicals for its rookies and quarterbacks Monday. The team also placed linebacker Ruben Foster on PUP as well. Smith has not yet been cleared by the team for football activity and wants to see what he's able to do on the field before taking him off the PUP list and increasing his football activity. Smith will work with trainers and the strength and conditioning staff during practices. I'm Dan Straffer and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. And joining us now to talk a little NBA odds and also a little fantasy baseball as well is Adam Ronis, of course, from FantasyAlarm.com. You can catch him on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, certainly one of the best in the business in playing fantasy baseball, fantasy basketball. We're going to get into fantasy a little bit as well on the baseball end of it. What a wacky weekend it was for sure. Uh, Adam, thanks for coming on the show. Um, And as excited as you were to see baseball last weekend, how excited are you for Thursday night, where the NBA is coming back to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I'm a huge NBA fan. Love the sports betting aspect of it. DFS is my favorite sport for basketball. So definitely excited to have it back. I wanted to make sure a champion was crowned this season. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different here. We have these seeding games, and I think different teams will take a different approach. But at least there is something on the line as far as a few playoff spots in the Western Conference. Obviously, the bottom of the Eastern Conference is just a complete disaster with the Nets barely having enough guys to field the team, bringing out Jamal Crawford, and they they had Michael Beasley, and then he gets COVID-19, so that kind of just sums up what we're going through. And then the Wizards, who actually, I think on this show, we discussed a couple weeks ago, I actually, when I initially saw DeAndre Jordan and Spencer Dinwiddie go down, I immediately put money on the Wizards. I'm like, all right, they might get the safe spot. And then right. like a week and a half later, Bradley Beal says, yeah, I can't play. So I'm like, all right, well, I, there's still a glimmer of hope. Doesn't look good. I mean, you know, Nets can go 0-8. If the Nets go 0-8, 1-7, and the Wizards can somehow win three, four games and then get that matchup against the Nets for the eight seed, hey, you never know. But uh, yeah, it's wild and why you really have to be careful with your bets right now. I mean, we're seeing news every day and now you're seeing players sit out of scrimmages due to missed COVID tests. I mean, Chris Stapps Porzingis uh, missed his COVID-19 test, so he has to sit out. Um, So that's something to pay attention to, which is going to be interesting, even with these games coming up. Yeah. And I think that what we've learned from that and, and from baseball as well is that from a betting perspective, I know that people like, and I like to, too, you know, do these shows and come on the air five days before, four days before, say, hey, this line is going to move, get in on it now. Uh, The reality is, is that's not where we're at in sports in 2020. I mean, you could take a shot and get lucky that a guy that you have is out in some way, but all of this that has happened, especially in baseball over the weekend, has really made me think about what football is going to be this year, too, and how 
I don't know how anybody could make a bet until they put those inactives out on Sunday morning. I, I just I, I can't see it. But nonetheless, Thursday night, we're going to have two games on the slate. And I wanted to review those two games with you here. And then we'll get into a little baseball discussion. Uh, we got the Pelicans taking on the Utah Jazz. All these games are in Orlando. It's a 630 Eastern game. And as you see here on FanDuel, the line right now is Pelicans minus two, and the total is 220 and a half. And certainly, if I wasn't practicing what I was preaching, I would say, Adam, give me give me the game right now, and then get it in right now four days in, ahead, uh, in advance. But clearly, probably best to wait a day or two before you make any bets. Do you have any lean on this game at all? I know Williamson being out was is obviously a big key for New Orleans. Yeah, I think there's a chance or the likelihood is he will play. Um, I think so. I think he's already okay. back and undergoing a quarantine. So uh, maybe his minutes are limited. But this is a huge game for the Pelicans uh, because after they have the Clippers, the next one. And I looked at their schedule and I feel like they have the potential to go seven and one. And initially, like everyone was excited for the Pelicans. And I was like, all right, guys, relax. I mean, this is, we know the NBA wants to see them in. People love Zion Williamson. They're a team that has a lot of offense. Lonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, they're, they're a fun team. Drew Holiday, and uh, I think they're the exciting team, even though I feel like Portland is the more dangerous team from a playoff perspective. But when I looked at the Pelican schedule, I'm like, you know what? They actually do have a shot here. Uh, I think they have uh, – can go 7-1, and one, uh, and they got to get this win here. The Jazz are only playing for seeding. They're without Bogdanovic. Uh, obviously, some of the – well, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell stuff. We've heard a lot about that storyline. Uh, so I lean towards the Pelicans. I mean, this is essentially every game for them is playoffs and they need to win this game. It doesn't mean as much for Utah. So I feel like there's going to be a sense of urgency here for the Pelicans. The over under totals. That's one that I'm I kind of want to see the first two days because are these teams yeah. going to come back with lax defense and we see a lot of turnovers, fast break points, or is there going to be rust on offense? Because this is a very low number. I mean, the Pelicans are a team this year consistently we saw in the 230s and sometimes over 240 because they played that high-paced game. Utah more of a slower pace, but they did pick it up towards uh, the end of in February and March. Uh, so that number seems low, but I'm not ready to go in and say over with confidence yet. Uh, sure. But you can see it. The books are clearly thinking that the offense is going to be down uh, by the two numbers that night and even some of the ones days after. Yeah, and, and part of it too, and I know it may seem trivial, but we don't really know anything about these courts they're playing on in Orlando either and these arenas and what that will mean. And so, I mean, they look great, but we really don't know. It happens in college basketball. Sometimes kids go across the country playing in Hawaii or the Bahamas or somewhere else, and the courts are different. The the uh, eyesight, the lines are not as good, too. Yeah, depth perception, yeah. Yeah, no, so definitely. we just don't know. We'll find. You're right. We'll find out right away. I would guess, by the way, after the second game, for sure, which is the marquee game for sure of the week. And this is the game that they know that everybody is going to be watching and really puts baseball back or uh, basketball back, uh, where the Clippers will take on the Lakers. I know, Adam, you came on a few weeks ago and said uh, you like the Clippers potentially to win it all. The Lakers on this neutral site are minus four and a half over the Clippers. Uh, the total is 217 and a half. Lou Williams, uh, I mean, I don't know what this guy is thinking, Adam. You know, basically the opportunity of a lifetime to maybe win a championship here. Uh, but looks like he's not going to be available in this one. I don't know if that means anything to you or one way or the other. But uh, can the Clippers uh, catch these points here and cover? Uh, anything on the total? Who do you like in this one? 
Yeah, I lean the Lakers at this point. Uh, I think the game is more important for the Lakers. I mean, from a seeding perspective, you're probably like, why do you say that? They have the lead. They're going to be the one seed. But I think mentally for them, they have to show that they can beat the Clippers. They lost the first two games to the Clippers this year. They beat the Clippers the last time out. Again, I've said it all year. I think the Clippers just care about the postseason. And now the other issue with the Clippers right now, which is why this line has moved, I think it was initially Lakers were one and a half for two, but it's moved because the Clippers only have 10 players right now that they're practicing with. Patrick Beverly is still away from the bubble. Montrez Harrell is still away from the bubble. So I believe they're going to have to be back uh, Monday or, or at some point, I guess, to uh, and it's a four-day quarantine. So I don't know what their status is for Thursday. We know Lou Williams is out. They just got back uh, Landry Shamit and Zubak. So this is a team that's been barely working together here. It might take them some time. The only thing is, though, I'm sure everyone kind of feels that way. And the Clippers are so good with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they keep the game close. But uh, right now, the Lakers are in a better spot. And I think from a, a confidence perspective, I think LeBron James, Anthony Davis are going to want to come out here and, and kind of win this game. The Clippers have a one and a half game lead over Denver for the two seed. I think they should be able to hold them off. And again, I think the Clippers, it's just about for them being prepared for the postseason and they'll get Lou Williams back. He'll miss two games. I don't think it's a big deal, um, but you got to worry about what kind of game shape are these guys in? With they're away from the bubble. I mean, that's the biggest issue. Yeah. How much chemistry? Because uh, again, these guys have sat for four months, so um, there definitely are some concerns on the Clippers side, and that's why you've seen that line move up in the Lakers' favor a little bit more. Well, while we have you here, Adam, I know that you know certainly you pride yourself on being a great fantasy baseball player. You've won a lot through the years, and and we knew what we were getting into this year, and I knew what I was getting into by participating in leagues. I cut it all the way down. I'm only in two leagues this year. This is the le- least I've ever been in both drafts I did back early. Uh, look, you know me, Adam. I'm around the game, and I was basically told that it's going to be wild and wacky, and that's exactly what the season has delivered. Wow. The news yesterday, you had uh, Justin Verlander going down for the season. You had a closer being out. I would guess Ken Giles probably won't see him this year. The Marlins can't even field a team at this point due to everything that is going on. Uh, So, I mean, I don't know what this experience in fantasy baseball is going to be like for you this year. But for me, I think it's just a matter of having fun and just enjoying baseball being back. Because if you're putting any kind of financial stake on this, essentially, you're just hoping for luck. I think that's it. Yeah, it's a disaster, man. I mean, I think we knew it would be bad, but just after one weekend, I'm just so frustrated with guys getting hurt. You know, Blake Snell goes two innings. Zach Krinke only goes three. Uh, Corey Kluber gets injured. Yeah. I mean, it's just left and right. Guys going down. Randall Grichuk leaves the game. Eloy Jimenez collides into a wall. COVID-19 running through players like all of a sudden Mike Moustakas on the injured list. The Marlins yeah. dealing with it. It's just so difficult, and there are still weekly leagues out there. So it's in, almost impossible to set your weekly lineup. You're going to miss at-bats. There's no way you can get around it. Guys are sitting, I mean, resting on on the game three. It's just – it's a train wreck, man. And like you said, I said this all the last couple months, just have fun with it. But I've always said this. I can preach that advice. I don't have fun if I don't win. So I, I am – and I don't – you know, the standings mean nothing right now, but – I'm not enjoying this. I mean, I'm happy baseball's back, you know, hoping the Mets do well. But, of course, Edwin Diaz already, same old story. But, uh, yeah, it is very challenging, and it's going to be – I think you're going to see some players that you think are bad fantasy baseball players maybe win titles this year. 
And again, 60 games for a fantasy baseball season, it's just not enough. I've had teams in last place after two months that went on to win the league. So uh, it's definitely frustrating. And I didn't do any leagues after the um, oh. stoppage except one. It was, a, it was a league in March that was postponed, and we did the auction last Tuesday. And I really wasn't – I really kind of didn't want to do it, but everyone else was in it. I said, fine. Obviously, when I was in the auction, it was exciting. But, yeah, I didn't do nothing after because – I knew it was going to be a real challenge and it was going to be frustrating. And it's not a true measure of how good you are. And I don't want to drop a lot of money in that situation. Yeah. And neither do I. And I think the same pertains to sports betting. Uh, I think advantages can be had, but a lot of them are going to come on the day of the game. I think a lot of it, to be honest with you, is following people like me on Twitter who are covering the teams. And oh, news is so. And you know how how much of a about 30 seconds following to go the news, following the news, man. You know how much of a headache you get these days, man? <laughs> this is this is it. I mean, I, I'm following everybody in baseball because I, you know, I want to know who I'm going to put in and out. I got my roster like constantly on. I've never had this this before, but that's that's part of what we're dealing with. But happy to have baseball back and really excited to have the NBA coming back on Thursday. All their guys, by the way, apparently look pretty healthy. Thanks, Adam, for coming on. Appreciate it. No problem. Anytime. Let's uh, hope this gets better. Right, for sure. Adam Ronis from Fantasy Alarm. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ronis. Joe Pizapia joins me back next here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We got a little fantasy or reality coming up next. And uh, unfortunately, some more breaking news, Joe, here uh, on, on, <laughs> on Fantasy Sports Today. And so uh, here we are. Um, the Marlins are pausing their season, the 2020 season. Um, so for the time being, it looks like they're going to um, you know, try to get healthy, try to get their players healthy. But uh, it is it is fairly evident at this point that their season is somewhat in jeopardy, and um, and the idea of them playing games anytime soon is out. Okay, so what are the ramifications for this now with the schedule? Does that mean that the schedule will continue for all the teams? And if you had the Marlins in the next two weeks, basically you're not playing the Marlins and you're just having off days, or are they going to maneuver the schedule in a way where they're going to play double dips with certain teams and have three teams in an area at once? Like there's lots of options here. And I've really yeah, seen I'll the Yankees. You. I saw Heyman was talking about the Yankees and Orioles talking about getting together and playing since their opponents this week weren't uh, available. So there's a lot of moving parts here from a scheduling standpoint, potentially. Okay, so uh, so here is here is the plan, uh, and and this uh, this I'm told is accurate from Joel Sherman. Um, this is this is very this is you know convoluted, confusing. Um, the Philly season is the Phillies are paused too, for the time being until they get their testing back. So right. it appears as though the uh, the Yankees, Joe, are going to play the Orioles now instead. You think it's, I'm not? This is straight face. The the Yankees are going to play the Orioles apparently, and um, 
the Phillies will have to make up their games that they missed uh, against the Yankees this week, and the Orioles season will continue on as planned. Yeah, and and that makes sense. It's uh, <laughs> this is very Lord of the Rings at the end of the movie where he says it's about what you do with the time that is given. Uh, the great wise uh, wise sage Gandalf giving you a little uh, <laughs> a little philosophy here today, and I think that's probably the right call here on all sides, right? So I mean, this kind of eliminates the questions that we've been talking about earlier of the competitiveness of the games. And also uh, taking care of the players and then kind of putting things on pause and then seeing where things go. I think the biggest thing to take away, too, is we saw over the weekend with a couple guys not feeling well, immediate response to any player who is feeling under the weather, uh, immediate response to anything out of the ordinary. I think for the betterment of the entire organization, I think you might see the response being very difficult uh, excuse me, very different from Major League Baseball teams going forward here in the next you know few weeks. That if there's anything even remotely uh, out of the ordinary, that there's going to be extreme action taken, and that's probably for the best. Am I right, Craig? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, you know taking it a step further with what they're doing with the Phillies, I think, is also the right call. Uh, I think that yes. that's an important call uh, because again, you had all of that interaction between the Phillies and the Marlins for a weekend in Philadelphia. You did have a clubhouse attendant test positive. And so uh, hopefully the Phillies will be able to make up their games. It would appear that the Yankees playing the Orioles, honestly, somewhat reasonable. That does make some sense there. You don't want to have all these teams, Joe, you know, having to make up games. That's not going to, that's not going to go over very well. Um, but I think well, then in the end holes in their schedules too. Like if, if, if oh, they yeah. were slated to play those teams at later on in the year, you're yeah. having more games against them. That would theoretically at least open up some time frames in the next month or so for other games to be made up again. This is all theoretical, but my math is pretty simple here. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, it, and, and all those things are right. And I think that, um, on tomorrow's show, it'll be a lot easier because we'll have direction and we can move forward from this. I think that that's, I think that that's crucial for for all of us and 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 all of Major League Baseball. But I got to tell you, like this is a heartbreaking result for Major League Baseball, Joe. It is a it Absolutely. is a devastating devastating day. Uh, and I guess now we have to ask the other question too, which is. What if you had to pause the Yankees season? What if you had to pause the Dodgers season? Could you get away with that? You could. Uh, it's it's terrible. They're getting away with it. They are going to get away with it because it's just the Marlins and their perspective is, well, the Marlins are a team that is rebuilding and the Marlins are a team that probably wouldn't contend this year. And, and that's a terrible way of creating a competitive balance here in major league baseball of understanding, Hey, it's 60 games and anything can happen and all of that kind of nonsense, but it's very difficult. This is not easy. My guess is they are going to continue to proceed through and they're going to find a way to make this work until the next one, until the next one. And that's where everything goes in question. And that's why I keep saying, I don't think it's hyperbolic to sit here and say, whatever the next guy is, whatever the next issue is, the there's going to be so much pressure on that person to remove themselves from the environment. It's, it's not even going to be funny. No one's going to play through anything right now. And I don't think that's the wrong call. Yeah. And I, and I think that, um, you know, a lot can be, uh, a lot can be learned from this. Um, it's just, it's really just amazing to me to think, 
and and I and I guess you know part of me looks at it and says uh, you know we we waited so long, Joe. You know we waited so long to have baseball back, and and I think that you know for me and, and with all sports with football too. If this happened with football, I would feel the same way, and with the NBA as well. That that it's such uh, it, it's such uh, it's such a downer. I, I I'm, I'm searching for words here because it's tough. It, I, it's it's such a downer to have to deal with this because you have all of this optimism, and then naturally I think that when you cover a club. You sort of, um, you know, you, you you know have friendships and you have relationships. And even though you're supposed to be impartial as a reporter, naturally you get to know these people in a different way that, that other people do. And that's what's been tough over the last 24 hours is hearing from those people and, and seeing just the dismay and, and the texting and just what they're going through. Like we, we kind of belittle it a little bit and we say, Oh yeah, you know the Yankees are going to play the Orioles, and the Phillies will get a couple of days off, and you know, and this and that. But I mean, Joe, just imagine like you can't see, you know, Miguel Rojas can't mm-hmm. see his wife and kid for weeks, and is stuck in another city, and his wife is pregnant. You know, it's like, wow, like, like, it was this worth it? You know, and and I think that. And in, in, there's so many good baseball people out there that are broadcasters and people like you and me that need sports to be back for us to make money. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation that we're in. Um, you know, to not have football is, is devastating to any company that covers football because you, you can't do retro games and video games for, for two years. It's not possible. But I would say that it really it just hits home. When when you when you work so hard as an organization like the Marlins did and did everything the right way and had three weeks straight of negative testing in their own ballpark with no issue. And, and yes, the outside ramifications, Joe, I, I was honest. I didn't go back after going the first day. I didn't feel great about it. But the results mm-hmm. speak for themselves. They had no positive tests in that ballpark as bad as a hotspot as Miami is. And I'm doing all of these interviews all over the country and everyone is asking me the same question. Well, you had to know, you had to know because Miami's a hotspot. Miami's a hotspot. Well, if Miami was a hotspot, then why didn't one player test positive in the entire month of them being there for summer camp 2.0? They did do the the right thing. They tried, but the failure uh, of the levels of travel and, and what can happen in different places. And this is no indictment on any team or any facility or anything like that. I, I just feel like it was inevitable. And the unfortunate part of it is that there are so many people around the country who, um, who don't have the opportunity that I do to cover a Major League Baseball team and have those relationships. They just can't really see it the, the same way to know what these, these men and women are having to go right. through and just how, how difficult it is. So. And you're it, seeing it ramifications really from it already, Craig. Uh, on, in, you're seeing yeah. the NFL players. Yeah, the, the opt-outs you've seen in the last 24 hours in the NFL. It's not a coincidence. And that's and that's the equation I'm trying to make. So the NFL is getting a healthy dose of what Major League Baseball's potential failures are right now. And you're going to see a lot more names, I would say, in the next 24 hours when we come back here on this show. 
you're going to see a list of names that people are saying it's not worth it to play. Uh, it's I'm not going to do this to myself. I'm not going to put myself at physical risk for a season that may or may not happen potentially. And that is fair. And uh, look, some players are higher risk than others. I saw James Conner said he's going to play, which was kind of surprising to me. James Conner having gone through what he's gone through and putting himself at risk. But James Conner is also in a contract year. And this is the difference between Major League Baseball and the NFL. The guaranteed money that's out there in the NFL compared to Major League Baseball, you cannot compare the two. And when players have contracts coming up, you're going to see people push through things that they wouldn't normally push through that I think the baseball players can sit there and the David Prices of the world can sit there and make certain decisions that the NFL guys can't necessarily make. And I think you're going to see a lot more NFL players opt out here, which is unfortunate. Um, But I think the best thing Major League Baseball can do is probably what they've done and now hope for the best going forward. And we keep using that word hope, but I feel like that's the best thing we can do at this point, right, Craig? Continue to go through the protocols yeah. and get you to hope, and that's all we can do. Yeah, yeah, and, and I and I think that uh, you know the you know, what the Marlins uh, the the unfortunate part for them, and they're going to have to just endure a nightmare of a year. I mean, from the players to the wives to the families. It's right. a it's a horrific thing, and and fortunately, from what I understand, a lot of them are asymptomatic. So, in terms of you know threat over health for them directly, I, I don't know. You know, nobody really knows what long term ramifications are from this thing. But no, at least not. for the time, it seems like they're okay. I think that that's it's fair to say. Uh, but you know, the, the, it's it's one team that's going to be made used as an example, unfortunately, to say, uh, you know, once they trace it back. And find out because they're going to find out, Joe. You know, like what happened? How did somebody get it? You know, there's going to be too many. I mean, Major League Baseball is going to spend if they spent all that time figuring out uh, what was going on with Alex Rodriguez, they're going to spend enough time figuring out how they got COVID. No question about that. And when they do, it might be easier to find out how that happened than to find out the Alex Rodriguez thing because that was one of the most complicated stories I've ever seen in my whole life. I know it's screwball. And and when they do, and when they figure that out, the negative of this story. Uh, in particular, will be a positive for everything else moving forward because there there will be mistakes made by somebody along the way. No fault of anyone. Just we're dealing with a new normal here, and we don't. And people right. are going to make mistakes. It's just part of it. Those mistakes can be learned from, and and hopefully for uh, pro football and for pro basketball and for the NHL, they can poll and ask. You know, hey, like, what what was it? What worked? What didn't? And I give a lot of credit for Major League Baseball uh, trying to do this and trying to get back on the field and do it. But as we've learned, it is going to take mistakes and learning from the mistakes that are made by no fault of anyone, at least as it would appear, to get the other sports going back again. And I think that we'll I'll, leave it I'll at say that. this too, Craig. You know, j- just to piggyback this too that. Uh, I believe the other good thing that could come of this is if there was any relaxation going on among players, among teams, among athletes, I don't think there's any relaxation now. I, I think if anybody was starting to not follow the protocols properly or do whatever they're supposed to do, if there's a, a scared straight program, the Marlins just instituted it. So the good thing going forward is no one's going to be lax. No one's going to look and say, oh, it's fine. Everything's OK. It's not. And I think the Marlins, unfortunately, had to be the poster child for it. But the good news is maybe, just maybe, everyone takes things more seriously going forward and continues to take them seriously, and we do have a season. And hopefully we will. I believe we will in Major League Baseball. We will press on and maybe short a team or two, but the season looks like it will go on. We'll be covering it for you right here on Sports Grid. 
Coming up next, we'll end with the Sports Grid 60. Stay SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Joe and I will be right back here tomorrow for another edition of Sports Grid as we press forward and get to the heart of the matter in the fantasy baseball season, sort of the new schedule, how things are going. And certainly keep it locked here to Sports Grid all day long. we got Scott Farrell coming up a little bit later, going coast to coast with the latest on this, arguably the biggest story we've had in sports uh, in four months. And so we'll continue to cover it here on Sports Grid. I could not be more proud to uh, be here with Sports Grid and covering this here for you. I know a lot of you are watching me. Uh, here for this, and I thank you for that as well. I would have loved nothing more than to talk fantasy and talk gambling and talk sports with you every day here uh, since baseball started. Did not see this coming at all, uh, but I'm here for it, and I'm here to cover it, and that's how uh, I will end it today. Uh, Joe, I would ask to turn it over to you, please, for the Sports Grid 60. <laughs> home thank you sure i'll try to make uh, craig mish smile today because i know it's been a rough morning and afternoon for him already but raheem moster got paid that's right the 49ers guy got some extra money he deserved it for that incredible playoff run he had however i just want to warn everybody out there just because he got some more money does not all of a sudden make him an elite running back five organizations five years couldn't all be wrong yes he's in a good system it's still a crowded system and again he's a better flex rb than an rb2 so look a little bit of actual sports for you to close the show. All right, so uh, a little bit of sports to close. That's what we'll do here. We'll get right back to sports tomorrow, and we'll uh, we'll kick it in high gear back with some baseball talk now that we think we have a little bit more clarity on the situation. It'll become a little bit easier. If uh, you missed any of the show and you're just tuning in and you're wanting to learn the latest on what has gone on uh, in baseball with uh, the Marlins or anything else that I've been reporting or what Joe and I have been talking about, We've got a great YouTube channel that we house all of our shows on, on demand. So make sure you go over to SportsGrid uh, YouTube and also SportsGrid Radio, where we're talking about this 24-7. Thanks again uh, to Chris, to Brett, to Joe Ranieri for keeping this show on the tracks, as they always do today. And for my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, I am Craig Misha. All of you are safe out there, and I look forward to seeing you and speaking to you tomorrow at noon. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.